0: Welcome to Flutter Talks, the podcast where we unravel the stories behind Flutter.
1: Material is not just the library for executing material design. It's also a great library for UI primitives. So if you need to extend it and to do something, you should start with Material and use its APIs to customize it in the way that your design
2: needs We should strive for actually designing for people to have emotional connection with our design. We want people to fall in love with our product. We want people to stay there for, I mean, we want people to commit for a lifetime, essentially.
1: They did two things that I thought were brilliant, which is invest in developer relations and a tools team almost from the
0: start. I'm developer Mike, and in this episode, we're discussing user interface design in Flutter. The importance of user interface and user experience in mobile app design could hardly be overstated. Through form and function, user interfaces build emotional resonance to users. The strength and tone of that resonance depends not only on how well we design interfaces, but how effectively we can realize our designs with the technology at hand. At Flutter Live, Will Larsh, lead Flutter engineer for Material Design, delivered a talk where he described a typical scenario in mobile app development. The design team envisions a beautiful user interface and hands that design to the engineering team. But the engineering team is developing for multiple platforms. And many of the design elements require custom code on iOS or Android. The team has limited resources. And as this custom code multiplies, so does the effort required to maintain that code. In the end, some of the design elements are deemed simply too complicated. Compromises are made. Perhaps that scaling logo is left off the iOS version, or perhaps the notification in Android doesn't animate. We'll fix those later, we say. But later stays, well, later. We never get to these improvements. In the end, The implemented design may fall well short of our designers' visions. And that's a shame. But at Flutter Live, Will told us that Flutter changes this recipe. No more do we need to compromise, and no more will we need to tell ourselves later. And that is a great message for all of us, wanting to build the best possible apps that we can dream up. But it's also a very bold message. And so I decided to talk to Will in person, and ask him, just what is it about Flutter that makes him comfortable making such a bold statement? I met Will in Barcelona at Mobile World Congress.
1: I'm Will Larch. I'm the lead Flutter engineer in material design. Material design is the umbrella design org inside Google, and we're about half engineers and 40% designers and 10% people of other jobs like product management, and writers, and design critics.
0: Before joining the Flutter team, Will was an iOS engineer on material components, the official Google I.O. app for many years, and the material motion framework for animation and interactive motion. And before Google, Will was chief product officer of a fashion tech startup, and has led mobile engineering and product at multiple startups and agencies.
1: My career had been entirely iOS. I'd never worked in any other kind of engineering. I had built up a great expertise in iOS that then I was throwing away to start over on something.
0: It's never easy to start over, but as a developer and a designer, it can be quite exciting. It doesn't matter if it's your first app or if you've already lost count. The excitement for us developers to jump on a new idea never really gets old. In the summer of 2017, Will started consulting for the Flutter team just a couple hours a week.
1: A lot of people were trying to catch up with their implementations of material inside the company. Flutter was one of them. And they needed to assign someone to help them inside material. And so for just a couple hours a week, I was just talking to the team and to Hans Muller, who's the material TL in Flutter.
0: TL is tech lead. So while working with Hans Muller, Will was getting direct insight into the technical workings of Flutter. And through that, Will realized something interesting that set Flutter apart from most other mobile platforms.
1: And I didn't realize how much cruft had been brought along to the present from all the way back to Next Step. Flutter got to start over and say, we're building a framework for the computer's of today, which is our phones mainly, that means we can kind of start at a more advanced place. We can use algorithms that you might look at and go like, oh, isn't that slow? Well, maybe it was back in the 80s, but it's not anymore. So when you can already start with something good, you can move a lot faster without having to just go back and support old machines.
0: But not only could Flutter take a fresh approach to mobile app development. Flutter could leverage Google's extensive resources and expertise to make forward-thinking decisions. And with Flutter, Google made two early decisions that, for Will, proved remarkably prescient.
1: They did two things that I thought were
0: brilliant,
1: which is invest in developer relations and a tools team almost from the start. Then they, they properly resourced everything so that there is... All of that IDE plugin support, you know, the inspector and all the things that they're putting into IntelliJ that you use on a daily basis as a front-end engineer. And they also have a UX research team, too. That's another thing that actually has several people on it that do really interesting, amazing work that nobody else is really doing right now. Which, like, watching developers try to build an app with Flutter for the first time and say, like, hmm, they didn't find this class very quickly, Maybe there's something we can do to fix that. Or it looks like they're actually kind of still building it in an old object-oriented, non-reactive way. Is there some way that we can try to help people pick up a reactive model faster? They want to be the best way to develop apps.
0: With a fresh start and a team of UX researchers, what did Google build that makes Flutter cross-platform UI design so easy and effective? Well... Perhaps the single biggest advantage for Flutter UI developers is that Flutter offers pixel-by-pixel control. Most other cross-platform frameworks rely to varying extents on the underlying operating system to render an interface. But not Flutter. Using the Skia engine, Flutter directly renders interfaces, bypassing the years of API baggage and vendor idiosyncrasies of the underlying mobile operating systems. In fact, this approach has a close parallel with modern game engines, which allow deploying high-performance games across a variety of platforms, including different operating systems and even game consoles. Admittedly, this approach has also blurred the distinction between native and non-native app development. We're not non-native in the way that things have been before.
1: Obviously, um, it still is a lot of native development under the hood, but it is also not hooked up to the widgets and components of the operating system and its SDK, which some people would say is necessary for them to count it as native development.
0: Of course, not every app needs fully bespoke interfaces. Both Android and iOS have native widget sets, and many existing apps make great use of these stock components. So Flutter, too, also contains implementations of Material, Google's visual design language, and Cupertino, a faithful open-source reproduction of Apple's UI kit. But with Flutter, even the detailed Material framework with its fairly specific guidelines can be leveraged as a head start to a custom UI.
1: Material is not just the library for executing Material design. It's also a great library for UI primitives. So if you need to extend it and to do something, you should start with material, like with material button or whatever, and use its APIs to customize it in the way that your design needs. It's not supposed to be handcuffs. It's supposed to be guidelines and guidelines and then a, a, a library of primitives that allow you a great place to start so that you start from beauty. And then hopefully if you start seeing that things are not beautiful anymore, then you can be like, ah, maybe this is where I went wrong.
0: Will's perspective from inside Flutter, looking out, is illuminating, but there is another important perspective, that of the developer. What is it really like to design and build a custom UI in Flutter? To get this perspective, I invited Jacob Christensen to speak with Will and myself. Jacob is a founder at Reflectly, a company that built its hugely popular and award-winning conversational journaling app in Flutter.
2: Essentially, Reflectly is what we call a conversation-based journal. So uh, instead of having like a blank page journal where you just would fill in thoughts from you know, how your day was or what you were doing, we prompt you with very contextual questions. So it's kind of a conversation you have with our little robot called Reflectly. It's a very good way of interacting for users that don't naturally know how to just put down words on paper because it's very hard for people actually to do that. Um, so we found that a lot of users really love the simple or simplicity of actually being able to just get these top-of-mind problems out and kind of offload them somewhere, even though it's stored digitally, just knowing that it's somewhere down on their phone and actually stored somewhere safe is, um, is something that's very, very helpful for them.
0: Jacob and his team made the decision to use Flutter back when Flutter was still an alpha product. Using an alpha product involves some inherent risk, but Reflectly's decision was born out of its frustrations with existing mobile cross-platform
2: frameworks. We just experienced massive issues with React Native, unfortunately. We, had, we were a small engineering team, uh, myself for front end and my co founder for BackEnd, who's also an amazing, amazingly talented back end engineer. But we were two people and we had to scale this app. And we had about a couple of hundred thousand users at the point in time. And that's a lot of people. So you were like, OK, either we continue with these problems we have with React Native, and mainly was pushing new features and just not seeing consistency across platforms. So we'd push, let's say, a new feature that would include a statistics page. And the render just wasn't there on, on Android. We couldn't actually get, for example, nice, smooth animations. We couldn't get uh, some, something as simple as shadows just on elements um, and actually have performance that was also there. And we were seeing all these null, null pointer exceptions here and there and just random things pop up because essentially it's JavaScript so not so good. So we were really frustrated with that. And then in the end, we just said enough is enough. We want to move on to something else. And it it needs to be something that we can actually move fast with with a small team like essentially one person for front-end and one person for back-end and then scale that up to you know, all these users and actually push features on a weekly basis. And we looked again in the market and we found Flutter and it looked extremely promising. I did some initial tests and the render was just essentially so unanimously consistent across Android and iOS that it, that was amazing for me. I was just astonished at how well it was actually performing across the platforms. And it was still late alpha. So we were still, of course very vigilantly worried about how do we... Do we actually take a leap of faith into this platform or this framework, or do we write it natively and actually get two codebases out?
0: The alternative was creating two codebases. But Jacob and the team wanted to keep a lean development team, one front-end and one back-end developer, scale their app globally, and push new features on a weekly basis. The prospect of maintaining two separate codebases would be expensive, and a large burden on this small development team.
2: Luckily, we took this leap of faith and started writing. And we initially thought it was going to take a long time. we kind of set off at least four months, but actually got the project completed in two and a half months. And that was with a full rewrite of front-end and back-end, uh, where we actually went full Google stack for everything and built out a ton of new features underway. We built out uh, subscriptions. We built out essentially everything it is today with uh, some minor tweaks, of course.
1: See, that's the kind of story that just blew my mind especially when i was beginning this i can like flutter as much as i want but i'm not using it to build products when when people on the outside use it to build products and have better performance than i expected i mean you couldn't make a better day for me no it's amazing yeah it really it
2: it sounds like i'm advocating for google in some way but it was just so mind blowing how well it actually performed when i first looked at it and of course back then i mean it was all material app examples and a lot of a lot of kind of the brand of this is material and then you can do Cupertino and stuff. And we were a bit at loss in regards to how can we actually take this and make it into a custom Flutter app and do custom design because we wanted to do our own visual identity. We wanted to people to point and say, okay, that's a reflective design because when we scale for web or anywhere else, people need to do this to have this unanimous experience across our, our platform. So we were looking at it and say, okay, how, how do we actually build this? And I was extremely astonished as how well the documentation actually was at that point in time. Cause this was late alpha still. Earlier,
0: Will discussed how important it was that Google invested in a strong developer relations team early in Flutter's development. This was something Jacob noticed
2: immediately when building reflectly. The tooling itself, even in the early stages, was it very, was there. It was there. It was, <laughs> there. it was just from the day one. It was like like okay, we had some people using IntelliJ, VS Code, whatever you wanted to use. Tooling was there. You know, plugin support for IDE. It was. It was. It was very, very helpful to get going. I think I can't really speak to the experience today because I'm not seeing with fresh eyes. But when I started, again, the finding the right widgets that you needed to use and kind of digging down into the basics of it, the docs were very well documented again. But back then, it was a bit hard for me to kind of know what goes where because it wasn't very clear. But I feel that it's much better today. For example, I tried to onboard as many engineers as I can in my Social network to try to try Flutter because I love it.
1: I think we're all trying to do that. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Yeah. So it's like,
2: hey, have you tried Flutter? And <laughs> they try to uh, to give it a go. And and a lot of people really love it when they get going because there's just so much from the get go. You have so much help to just get started. So many examples. So much community work about this that has you know full GitHub repos with examples, full GitHub repos with you know just different ways of implementing functionality and so much helpfulness in the Flutter community to kind of say, okay, you have a question, it'll get answered very, very quickly by people who know, you know, from the core Flutter team who just jump in and say, you know, this is how you do it. This is how you should do it.
0: The Flutter team's commitment to strong developer relations continues with the Flutter team delivering continued improvements aimed at the developer. In Flutter 1.2, released just a few weeks ago, Google released a raft of developer tools available for multiple IDEs, or standalone. These tools assist in inspecting layouts, diagnosing performance issues, and debugging and monitoring apps. Tools like these improve the quality of life of developers, making it easier and faster for us to do our jobs,
2: which ultimately leads to better apps. But essentially, if I want to, let's say, I want to fill the screen with spinning unicorns, (laughs) I can do that. And that is just unparalleled and so quick to do a bad idea for a segment, but, but still, it's, it's just, if I want to do something, I can instantly implement it. I don't have to think for you know, the length of time as to how I would do it, or if there's certain UI interactions that I want to do that are impossible for me to do, because everything is just essentially possible, because there's just so much freedom in actually creating, because you control every pixel, essentially, because it's just painting.
0: Flutter gave Jacob the ability not only to build a custom UI, but to build Reflectly's own design language a way to resonate personally with their user base. And if you look close enough, maybe you'll find those spinning unicorns.
2: We want people to fall in love with our product. We want people to stay there for, I mean, we want people to commit for a lifetime, essentially, because it's a journal. It's something you use not just over a weekend. You use it kind of as a a keystone habit. You want to get into the habit of journaling to actually improve your mental health. Um, And I completely agree. I mean, people, we should strive for actually designing for people to have emotional connection with our design. A lot of what I hope we put out there is something that people have an emotional connection to because they really, they really love what we put out there. They really love the the idea and the UI that we're actually showing them and the, what they're, what they're, essentially, using every night and every morning.
0: Reflectly is a great example of how a unique vision for user interface can be designed and built without compromise.
2: We kind of had a premise, not that we didn't want to use material, but we wanted to see if we actually build our own design languages in this framework and actually not build on top and extend the material widgets which we did to start with and that was extremely simple which was amazing but could we actually build everything from the bottom and in this toolkit could we actually scope out not essentially importing any Kubernetes any material at all and then actually just building it from the bottom with the basic widgets.
1: Which is um, really impressive because I think everybody understands what it's like to be working at the usual level of a UI framework and then to be like, let me drop down to the next one where everything is, you know, uh, blank, you know?
2: Yeah, it's very blank when you start. Like, you start with the basic blank black screen and then you build from there. But essentially, we looked at, as you do with any, let's say you're building a design language or a library of of UI elements, essentially, you start with the basic things. You start with buttons, you start with tech fields, you start with all the different things you want and then you just go from there. And for us, we started very basically. Again, our design library uh, or UI library has evolved over time, as it naturally does when we do things smarter or a new way. And when we have new engineers come on board who have better ideas for them they then them. And essentially, that's kind of where we started. We started by looking at the material widgets and see how did they actually implement these different functionalities, drew out some ideas from that, and then just built it from the bottom of ourselves. So a button, for example, let's take that. We have two different ideas of a button. We have something with text and we have something with icons on. So an icon button and text button. Those two things should behave in a similar way. We have very natural layering in our apps. So you have an idea that if anything is elevated above the basic layer of the of the app, it's it's clickable. So it has a shadow, it has all these different natural things that you would have. It's very material, yeah. It is very material actually. And we also have kind of an idea of natural collisions. So you can't have two things collide in the same layer of the app. So A bit material drawn, but the idea that you can build out this suite of UI components that actually behaves in the same way across the platform and extend upon those going forward. And we decided to do that from the bottom, and it does take longer time. But I think we also have a better understanding of how our app works because of it, because we're using the basic components and just building from there.
1: I mean, this is why I kind of feel like Jacob is a genius. I mean, there's not a lot of companies that... in the position they were in of being new, being a startup, having all the pressure that comes along with that to be like, we will also take a risk and allow someone to have essentially three jobs at the company, two of which require deliverables and it's really worked out and paid off for them. So, it has, it has. I mean,
2: people, we, we stand now with an extremely, I think, lean app, so to speak, um, code-wise because we have the bare essentials of our app from the Flutter framework and can build on top of that but essentially also a very understandable framework when you actually step into our this custom world of reflective design because it is very natural to flutter, but also I think it comes naturally as an extension that not that people have to dig into these deep material docs, but they can kind of quickly see what we, the idea was there.
0: While Will was in Barcelona for Mobile World Congress, he had a chance to do a little sightseeing, and he shared with me how the experience was a source of inspiration.
1: Being here in Barcelona, I, I went today to... The Sagrada Familia, which of course is another kind of design. And design is just functional art. And so the fact that anybody could sit back and make that in their head first or make Reflectly in their head first, that this is what's amazing about being humans. And that's honestly the point of any software product we're making, to serve humans. So if... You can inspire them with the art part of it, too. I think people are going to have a more emotional connection to your product.
0: And Will is no stranger to artistic inspiration.
1: I have a whole other life as a music theater writer and producer. That's what I got my degree in, and that's what I did before I was an engineer. I only became an engineer to pay for that degree. I had had an awful lot of debt, and I needed a job. And so I'm lucky that I found one that I love, because a lot of people never find a job that they love. So I haven't stopped working in theater, and I just wish I could do it full-time. But since I can't, I'm going to flutter. And theater.
0: And as for Jacob, he finds a lot of parallels between his interest in esports and being an entrepreneur.
2: I'm a big fan of esports. I also, of course, look at design stuff, but esports is kind of my off, kind of to the right hook hobby, um, which I look at. And I like to look at Counter-Strike. We have the best team in the world in Denmark, Astralis, which is uh, kind of, um, I'm a big fan there. So I look at that when they play and I'm an avid supporter. Um, so kind of that's, that's my my world, yeah. You have to put in the work to be the best. You have to put in long hours and it requires patience, uh, I think, to become kind of the best in your segment. I think entrepreneurship is a lot like that. A lot of people lacking the patience part because they want to get to the top of the mountain quickly. want to take the helicopter instead of kind of the climb which is fine but i I think to become successful in entrepreneurship or esports or whatever you're doing it requires it requires commitment and patience and that is also what we're giving it and you have to have at a very macro level you have to have the patience to know that it's going to take a long time it's a mindset a lot of the time because you're going to get a lot of setbacks and if you get kind of knocked out every time you get a setback then you're probably not going to kind of get where you want to go. So you have to know that it requires patience and drawing that parallel I think also to, to let's say the world of esports or sports as a whole I means the same. You, you're you going to get knocked back and you're going to get knocked out and just you know get up and get at them again.
0: Before leaving Will and Jacob to experience more of Barcelona I asked if they had any final advice for listeners who want to build custom UI designs in Flutter.
1: So I've built a lot of custom design apps and then had to watch them get tested or used by people. And the thing I'd say is test it, test it, test it, test it, test it on humans, because that's what matters. And don't have any ego about whether or not they understood that your thing was clickable. They didn't change it, you mm-hmm. know. All that matters is whether or not people are using your app um, the way you want them to. And you can always remember that you had an iteration that looked exactly the way you wanted it to. And you can write your article on Medium or give a talk or something where you say, this is the one that I think is more beautiful. This is the one that worked better. We still see that in material all the time. We do more testing on accessibility, internationalization, and something. We'll find out, oh, we now need to do this or that or have more contrast ratio between things. And the designers will say, like, oh, but I really like the way it looked before. And I'll be like, I know, but they can't see it. Not everybody can see it, then it doesn't really matter. So um, make sure you, you you really do build the right thing for people and if it, and iterate when you find out that it's wrong.
2: A word of advice, take the time to actually look at what is out there. Because nowadays I know that there are some sublime examples out there which are open source and you can look through everything. But also know that you won't probably get it right the first time. It's going to be an iteration and iterations and iterations because... Mm-hmm. You're going to understand that the components you thought you needed to start with will change um, and need to be integrated differently when you go along as you build out your app. And it's completely valid to rebuild them. But actually take the time. I mean, we did it very custom. So we did everything from the bottom up and we did all our buttons input fields with, you know, uh, gesture inputs and gesture detectors and and all of that instead of actually using the the built-in button. So everything is essentially there in the toolkit and you need to decide at what level do you want to customize? Because it's also completely valid in my world if you want to customize the material widgets because you can customize everything from theming to you know padding and, and whatever you need. So it depends on how custom you want to go because it also does require I mean, a lot of time to build it out custom and build out your entire UI suite of, of different widgets which you can use across your app. But I mean, I can then say on the other side it's also worth it because then you have something that's extremely yours. You have a very ownership feeling of what you've built and what you've accomplished.
0: I'm developer Mike, and on behalf of myself, producer Martin Jarrett, sound engineer Anton Malmi, we wish you wonderful widgets, speedy hot reloading, effortless deployments, and of course, spinning unicorns.